Hello, and you're listening to the podcast. This is Coffee and Books. I'm your host, Scott. Oh, yeah, this is Coffee and Books. Today, we got another great episode for you. I'm a little bit behind, so this is two out of three episodes for my podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about The Traitor King, The Scandalous Exile of the Duke and Duchess of Windsor. This is a historical book that was published in 2023. It recounts the life and times of the Duke and Duchess of Windsor. It is by author Andrew Lowney. It's a best-selling book. Um, he's a best-selling author. Um, it is the life and times of Edward VIII, who was the former king. Uh, he was basically kept in exile and feuded over his family, over the status of his wife, Wallace Simpson, a twice-divorced American who was not British, and basically Edward VIII advocated to leave his throne for, um, and he was denied any real job because of this. Uh, but there's also a lot more to it. He's considered a traitor king because of many, many reasons which we're about to go over. Um, and this book draws on extensive research from the Freedom of Information requests. Um, it makes the case that the Duke and Duchess of Windsor were not naive dupes of the Germans, but actively intrigued against the British, both in war and in peace. It reveals the story of the British in the summer of 1940, it was in particular by the efforts of Churchill to prevent post-war publication of captured documents which detailed the Duke's Nazi intrigues. The reason why the Duke, as the governor of the Bahamas, tried to shut down an investigation into the 1943 murder of his close friend Harry Oakes. And it goes to along the extent of the feud with the British royal family based on the betrayals, going back to his dishonesty about his true financial position at the time of his abdication. Uh, Wallace felt trapped in a marriage she never wanted, and with a pathetic and suffocating husband, it is one of the reasons why she took lovers, several lovers, including a gay playboy, Jimmy Donahue. Trader King tells the story of a royal exiled with his wife, turning his back on duty, his family, and using his position for financial gain. So we got a lot to unpack here. So we got to talk about our characters. Uh, there's two main characters, Wallace Simpson, who is the uh, basically the queen consort slash uh, never really officiated uh, into the royal family woman. Uh, and then we have, of course, the former king of England, uh, like I said, Edward VIII. So you might be wondering, what on God's earth am I talking about? Was there actually a king who was pro-German? And the short answer is yes, that would be this guy. He was king for less than a year, and he left his king, his royal duty, in order to marry Wallace Simpson, who... The royals did not approve of. He left his duty in his post and basically became a wandering nomad with his uh, wife, Wallace Simpson, all across Europe, basically got intrigued and was basically a target of the Germans uh, for different political and social reasons, which we'll soon learn. But all you really need to know in a nutshell is that Wallace and Edward were basically very pro-German very much not naive dupes into believing the Germans, but basically were very pro-Nazi, which is, again, not an endorsement of the Nazi ways. I'm just saying that these people were basically seduced into either believing the Nazis or were basically full supporters of the Nazis and just happened to abdicate and leave the throne. So thankfully, because of the abdication, it led to the development of the Queen Elizabeth and, you know, now current King Charles and then their sons and grandsons and grandkids. And basically everyone has turned into a different line of the royal family because of this one moment in history. And we're going to go over all that now. 
So, alrighty. So, going back into the day, basically what you need to know is that the King of England, Edward VIII, was groomed to be the King of England. After his father died, he came to power very briefly in the 1930s. He basically was a story of obsession. He was obsessed with um, basically Wallace Simpson. Uh, she was an older woman. He was very interested in her. Um, you know, like they were, I think, close in age, but basically she, you know, was attracted to him and basically he became all out obsessed with her and decided that he was going to marry her at any cost. And that included the cost of the royal crown, that included the cost of his family. Uh, he cut all ties with his family and basically decided that he would do anything to be with this woman. Wallace did not feel the same way, and that's very important to note early on. Um, although she married him for financial reasons, because he had all the money and power he could ever give her, um, Wallace basically never really loved him in the way that, you know, we think of. Like, I think everyone always thought of it as a, a true love story. You know, that's how it spun a lot of times, is that, you know, this uh, you know, British royal fell in love and left the crown so he could be with the love of his life. But it wasn't really love. It was, in her case power. She wanted the power. She wanted to control everything. She wanted to receive royal titles and be a part of the royal family. The royals at the time wanted nothing to do with this. The queen mother fiercely, fiercely, fiercely opposed this and opposed her even being treated as an equal and basically refused to acknowledge her. It led to, like I said, the cutting of the ties between the family. It basically left Edward with no job and basically led him to sort of financial ruin because the queen, and in particular the people at the time, did not have to support um, people that they did not want to that were part of the royal family. That was all divvied up based on the royals. They decide who gets money and who doesn't. And Edward was cut off because of his decision, and as a result of all this, Edward did not have any money. He no longer could give Wallace what she wanted. You would think that would be the end of the story. However, uh, during World War II, it came out that basically... Like I said, that these people, you know, the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, were basically supporting the Germans. He often advocated for peace between the two nations, even during World War II. Um, he basically visited Nazi Germany during all this and was very pro-Hitler. It's very unfortunate, very bad side, very bad timing. Um, and basically, that was the first part of the story, is that he met this woman, he became pro-German, and sort of was led by Wallace into this sort of minefield and lost all of his power and money. So you would think that would be the end, but then he started to write tell-all stories. He started to write about his life. Uh, he encouraged, basically, the royal family to sort of reconnect with him. And he was given a loosely posted job, basically a way to keep him far away from anything so that way he could not interfere with the current events. He was given a job as the governor of the Bahamas, which is a very far, far place to fall away from the top of the royal empire. So imagine being king of England, and then you are stripped of all your titles, all of your money, everything, and you are given an island in the middle of the Caribbean, which is, you know, again, most, more than most people have in their entire life, but this person lost everything. Basically, he was bored. He had nothing to do there. He didn't do much other than build buildings, you know, like such as hospitals and schools, but he also drank all day and gambled, you know. So basically, he was bored out of his mind. Uh, Wallace was the same way. 
Um, it came out that one of their friends was murdered in 1943, which we went over a little bit, but it was believed that basically this person was uh, cheating with Wallace and that uh, the king probably had, a former king probably had him killed. Uh, again, there was a massive cover-up um, in the community. It's very likely that he got away with murder. Um, and more than that, also, Wallace was very public about her infidelities. And all of this basically led to a drama which was published by the author and their lives. So basically, real people from those events still talk about the stories and things, the events that happened. But all you really need to know is that Wallace was very public about her affairs. Um, and even though the king forgave her, former king forgave her, I should say, uh, you know, there was never really any peace between them. They just stayed together because there was no other option. They were miserable together forever, and pretty much they slowly, slowly drifted apart because of money and power and politics. And all you need to really know is that there was a very sad ending as, you know, the Duke of Windsor basically wanted Wallace, his wife, to come to his aid when he was dying. She refused to do so, and he dies alone, very sad. And it just goes to show you that money changes people, and that's what the story is all about. Wallace would follow him, uh, I believe, another 10 years or so later. Um, she lived into the 1980s. I believe he died in the early 70s. Um, one of the more touching aspects of the book describes the reunion between Elizabeth and her uncle, which is the Duke of Windsor, Edward VIII, uh, who was the former king. You know, there was a lot of conjecture about could a current monarch visit a former monarch and could they be in the same place and how do you address and what's the protocol? She made an exception because he was dying. She went over to see him before the very end in the Bahamas when he could not travel to see her. Um, you know, there was a lot said between them. We're not exactly sure what was said, but what we do know is that they sort of made up and the royal family sort of accepted that Wallace was a big part of the Duke, you know, Edward VIII's life, and that pretty much sums it up. You know, like, there was a terrible thing that happened between these people. You know, like, she, you know, was there only for the money, and he just was obsessed with her, and he thought that was love, and that wasn't love. Um, I will say, also, in addition to all that, it, the book goes into great detail about the sex life of these people, that's not something I was very interested in. I just thought that you should know if before you read it that that does go into talking about their sex life. Um, and again, I had no interest in that at all. I just wanted to know basically why this guy left and why he was so pro-German. I pretty much got the answer that either Wallace led him that way or because of his family history of being German, he was led into that. So unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to describe it, this guy left the throne and was very much, like I said, on the side of the Germans, even during World War II, which is very sad, um, and then eventually lived a very long life of isolation and pretty much never got to see his family ever again because of that. So uh, just, a, like I said, word of caution about that. A lot of dark topics in there, a lot of explicit topics in there. But if you like history, there's nothing better if you like knowing about the royals specifically the British royals. This is sort of like their family gossip and history. And it goes into the why of all of that. Now I know why. So anyway, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, the, the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, the Traitor King, 
That book is available now. Please check it out. You can listen to it on Spotify, I'm sure. They also, just so you guys know, do audiobooks now, which is pretty cool. So if you guys like the audiobooks, if you like that kind of stuff, if you like listening to audiobooks, you can listen to this book right now on Spotify. Um, you can look it up by the author and review his work as well. Maybe you might be interested. Anyway, thanks for listening. That's all for this episode. And I got one more coming right up. Uh, don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to rate and review it. Thank you for listening. And uh, again, if you want to reach me, my email is scottbernstein16 at yahoo.com.